Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda. And welcome to the The Pemberley Pemberley Podcast. So I have a bit of news to share this week. Oh, share your news, Yolanda. We haven't discussed this already. (laughs) (laughs) What a casual transition (laughs) from our introduction into our old business, new business section of the show. So I think, like you, my introduction into Pride and Prejudice Jane Austen was the movie starring Karen. Was that your introduction? It was. Know. It was. Okay. I <laughs> like how you started speaking for me. I know. I and like, then you were like, ah, I don't actually know. Yes. But <laughs> that, the 2005 movie, which Hank Green and Margaret Dunlap have expressed their distaste yes. for, was kind of my introduction. You yeah. know? Like, that's, I like, theoretically knew about the book. Yeah. But in 2005, I was like a fifth grader slash sixth grader. My introduction to it, I remember I was in sixth grade and I was mad because I was sick and my mom made me stay home. And I was one of those kids who wanted to go to school every day no me matter what. Too. Yeah, I was like, I'm missing perfect attendance. I'm a I failure. I'm like, There's going to be something on the quiz. I know, like I'm going to miss something. I don't have perfect attendance anymore. But anyway. Um, I was sick in bed and like we had the DVD and I started watching it and I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> I was like, what's even happening? They talk so fast. There's just, everyone's like in a bad mood. These guys are moody. There's like all these rules. I was like bored and I didn't have an appreciation for the story. Obviously it's like much later, like high school, you know, college. I first watched the movie actually in college and it was with a bunch of friends. It was like, they were doing girls night. We're oh going to watch Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, <laughs> what is this nonsense? <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I really liked the soundtrack. Like just the music was really beautiful. Oh, I appreciate that. And now. that was what, that's what sort of like, made me want to keep watching or go back and rewatch it and I was like I actually really like the story I really appreciate it and so like many people I bought the book just to read the original story and when I first read it I wasn't into it I wasn't super into it and I kind of gave up on it and I tried again a couple years later and then I gave up on it <laughs> and now in doing this podcast I once again picked up my like old copy of Pride and Prejudice tried reading it again and I was like wait I actually really like this <laughs> which I know is like for many people listening they're like you co-host a podcast about the Lizzie Bennet Diaries and you haven't read the book yes <laughs> To answer your questions, <laughs> yes. So you can put down your pitchforks now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think now being a little bit older, and I know people can relate to it at different times in their life, but right now where I'm at, I now find it to be a, a book that I think is, it's a little more relatable and I see more of the subtlety in the writing and all the characters and different things that are revealed and the jabs Mr. Bennett takes at Mrs. <laughs> Bennett and different things like that of like the underlying sarcasm in a way. And so now it's like, oh wow, I really like this and I'm really enjoying it. And I think the Jane Austen community itself, like things like Jasna, the Jane Austen Society of North America, can still feel a little intimidating because those are like hardcore fans of Jane Austen stuff and they've read all the books multiple times and they maybe like dress up in Regency attire and have all that kind of stuff. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but like I think still think it's a great community that really appreciates like these great novels written by this woman. Even though those communities can feel a little intimidating, I don't think it matters like maybe what age you start at or what age you enter in the community. It's still like everyone appreciates the great writing and that's what kind of unites everyone. Sure. And to make you feel better, I'm pretty sure, even though I think the Jasna events are pretty cool, I think most of the members tend to be in their, like, 
50s and yeah, 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you're right. And, like, I also think additionally, because Pride and Prejudice is typically one of those books that's taught in school, mm-hmm. a lot of people go into it thinking it's going to be a really intimidating read. Because yeah. a lot of those books written 200 years ago are very dense and mm-hmm. they talk about rules in society that don't necessarily apply to us anymore. Yeah. They do, but they don't. And I think that for a lot, like a lot of people go into reading Pride and Prejudice assuming they're not going to like it because you're like 15 and you don't, you care about yourself, you know? And I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you're sort of seeing the relatability in it now because I actually feel like that this is sort of when we're reaching that social age, like kind of what they're going through, you know, because he's like 24 and I think like in the book she's like 18 or 19, but we're kind of there and we're we don't quite have those problems but they're still around and the writing is like very fluid it's very Mm -hmm. easy to read yeah that's what I was surprised about I was like wait this is a lot easier than I remember when I first tried (laughs) so that's that's a nice thing too I think I didn't put in enough effort to give it the chance at the time I always think of you've got mail where the lead Kathleen Kelly's like I read it like once a year and I always get lost in the language of words like hither and mischief and Mm -hmm. like look at characters you admire and like they really like it why don't why don't I so yeah Kathleen Kelly yeah (laughs) no I and it's funny because I remember when she she, I know exactly what you're talking about she's like I've read it like at least 200 times and then she's like I think you should read it it's wonderful so for those of you who like don't know you've got mail pause this podcast immediately and go watch (laughs) you've got mail like don't even listen to us if you haven't seen this movie because it's amazing we see Tom Hanks trying to read it in the next one and he's just like what (laughs) she loves this book like I'm bored I'm so bored he just drops it he's like no not for me So So it's not for everyone, but I think at a different, maybe a different time in life, if you've never read the book, if you're still someone who hasn't read the book, give it a try. And even if it's not for you, like this web series, I think is what introduced it to a new and younger audience and kind of spawned a lot of new Jane Austen fans too. And that made them want to see more of it. Even though I think a lot of people who watched the series were already Jane Austen fans, whether Mm -hmm. it was the, the miniseries, the movie, the book. It kind of united that community around this. Yeah, and you know, I liked the movie before, but I would say that Jane, like this series is what brought me into the fandom. You yeah, know, it yeah. really pulled me in. Because, I mean, I feel like each generation kind of needs that adaptation because yeah. before the 2005 movie, there was probably like the most famous adaptation was the miniseries that came out in like 1995. I was a baby in 1995 (laughs) I wasn't like appreciating Jane Austen back then so like that was kind of more like our mom's generation of like oh my like that that's why Colin Firth is such a heartthrob is because like he was this hot brooding guy Mm -hmm. with in breeches yeah yeah. (laughs) and like he was a total like sex symbol after that and then after that we got the Keira Knightley Matthew McFadden version and like now we've got the Lizzie Bennet Diaries and like who knows what's gonna happen in the next 10 years yeah and there's always new adaptations that come out whether they kind of stick to more of that regency era and and have that more traditional language and dress versus a sense and sensibility adaptation called from prada tanada which had uh, alexa vega and, and camilla, camilla bell. bell i've seen that movie yeah it's i like have super seen it super cheesy it's I cute have. and it's like no, I know. It's not the best movie. It's like, hey, I have nothing to do. So it's on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those kind of movies. But like, it sort of loosely introduces a new generation to classic novels. Yeah. 
Jumping into the episodes now, episode 43, Missing Charlotte, written by Kate Rorick. Lizzie is dealing with the loss of her best friend, who didn't say goodbye, who packed up all her things and left, and her sisters are there to help ease the transition. Yeah, this is the post-Charlotte episode, and it's been three days, they have not communicated, Charlotte didn't say goodbye, she just packed up, found a place to live, and left, which is a lot easier said than done, having done it. But yeah, how did she do that so quickly? Such quick turnaround. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that... it's So it's funny, because Lizzie was saying, this is like the longest we've ever gone without speaking when her par- was when her parents took her to China to visit with relatives when we were eight. And, you know, like, going to a foreign country, that's kind of hard to reach. Especially in an era where you didn't have cell phones. Yeah. But then it's been three days. <laughs> the longest thing that's kept them apart from talking was China? I, <laughs> For three days? At eight years old, I did not have an email account. No. So. I, I had a home phone number. Yeah. I don't even know so how they kept in contact. I'm trying to a think. mystery. I'm even trying to think. I don't even think I called friends. And it was like, you don't call your friends. You call your parents' friends. Oh, and you're right. like, can yeah. Yolanda play? You know, like yeah, you have yeah. to ask permission. I, I have distinct memories of like calling my friend's house and then like the machine comes on. So you like have to leave a message. You're like, hi, uh, I'm calling for Jillian. I just wanted to see if she was free. Okay, you can call me back. You know my number. Bye. <laughs> like, uh. I'm just calling to see if you have Adam's family values. Yeah. I couldn't help it. Anyway. Because that's what you had to do. You didn't have phones. I think maybe now my little cousins have phones, which is ridiculous. But we're not going to go into that technology and all These kids. <laughs> These kids. Yeah, I know. Like, basically back in the day, it was harder to communicate. And the longest they'd ever, the three, the last time they'd gone three days without talking was when Charlotte was literally halfway around the world. Yeah. So this is devastating. But it's okay. Yeah. Because she's got her sisters, plural, to pull her out of it. Jane has brought her multiple cups of tea and gives her a hug just to let her know, I'm here for your, I'm here for you. You don't have to go through this alone. We're, we're going to make this okay. And like Jane tries to make everything okay in the best way Jane knows how with tea and with scones and with hugs. Jane is like human cotton candy. Like yes. <laughs> that hug was like the sweetest, like just yeah. the way she was like, come here. Like she just gently put her arms around her, <laughs> brought her like three cups of tea. I would not be surprised if Jane just started like rocking Lizzie like, all right. And started like singing a lullaby. <laughs> and Lizzie's like, I mean, I am 24, you know, I'll get past this. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just being so sweet. I think raspberry zinger tastes like gross. It doesn't, it's not an appealing flavor to me, but... She's like a delightful little fairy princess and she's turned British because she's one of those British people who's like, tea will cure all. Lizzie at least has a bit of a a revelation in this one. She's still kind of stuck on the fact that Charlotte's made a bad choice, that she made the wrong choice in taking that job opportunity from Collins. And it's not that I'm sad. I'm really mad at Charlotte for selling out. She is so talented. But then she kind of talks through it and she processes it and she realizes... Well, I guess she was kind of doing that for me and for my videos. And she's now going to be doing that for Collins where she can make money. Whereas this was a free gig. So yep. I think she kind of starts to realize a little bit now that she's had some separation from the issue and from Charlotte that like 
maybe it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But she still needs time. They both need time to heal from that argument. And, of course, they'll come back to you. Yeah. But still. <laughs> Let's pretend we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sure, but she, she's coming around, you know? Yeah. Like, she still thinks the job is a waste of her talents, but then... Lydia barges in with the best <laughs> resume I've ever heard. Yeah. Super cute and fun, double-jointed, works well with others, turns boring emo relatives into cool, fun people. What is this? My resume! Duh! And she's very sweetly applying to be her new sidekick. Yeah. Lydia has seen that her older sister's heart is broken because her best friend is there, and she's fixing it the only way she knows how by offering her services yeah. and her love of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Charlotte, who swooped in and got the opportunity, Lydia is trying to swoop in and <laughs> take the opportunity that's now open. She's like, but instead of using the subtle approach that Charlotte used, Lydia is there, resume in hand of like, I'm here to apply, job's basically mine. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Lizzie's slow on the uptake, you know? Yeah. She's like, watch, she's waving at opportunities as they pass her by. Yeah. Uh, but this is Lydia's way of offering tea and scones. Like, yeah. she sees that her older sister's hurting and she's like, okay, so you lost something. Let me be that thing that replaces it. And mm -hmm. she very sweetly is like, let's go to Carter's. You know, let's go to the only way Lydia knows how to, instead of bringing tea, she would like to bring people to alcohol. Yeah. I love that. Like that offers on the table. Jane brings in the scones and they're yeah. like, all right, we're all like gathered around Lizzie trying to make sure she's okay. Kind of watching her at every minute of the day and then jane says yeah that's a great idea like i'll text caroline and and bing they'll come along too we'll make it like a, but, a friend hangout <laughs> but uh they're not the only people who are gonna be there are they yeah with caroline and with bing of course darcy will follow but also, other than darcy that's right lydia does bring up the fact that <laughs> lizzie has an email <laughs> From Wickham. Wait, how did you know that he sent me an email? I may or may not know your password. What? Like any good sidekick would? I've got your back, sis. Dun, dun, dun. But it's not that yet. He's back in town. And you know, speaking of opportunists, <laughs> Lizzie's got like a giant hole in her heart from where Charlotte left and it's getting filled with her sister love and a potential new boyfriend in mm -hmm. George... Wickham. They've presumably still been texting or emailing, it seems. So he's back in town, and maybe that could mean them progressing their potential relationship, whatever it is. Yeah, because it's like, it's not like he's like in town permanently. No, because he, I mean, we don't actually know why he's in town. I guess we'll find out in the next episode. But. He's in town. <laughs> yeah, he's... For whatever reason. Yeah, this is a great segue into episode 44, Darcy Wickham Drama, written by Kate Rorick. It is the same night. It's delicious. They have gone to Carter's, they've partied, Lizzie had one drink, they've come back home, and Lizzie is ready to dish on everything that happened that night, all of the drama. I think, like, the drama is only half the fun of this video. I love how much Lizzie loves the drama. Because I would revel in it the exact same way. I'd be yeah. like, ooh, these people are hating each other and I'm not going to do anything with this information, but I want to know why. And we see that Darcy was trying to be nice to her. Jane. He read Tolstoy. <laughs> I haven't even read Tolstoy <laughs> yeah. yet. Jane is there to Darcy's defense and saying, 
let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He was nice. He did try to talk to you. But Lizzie kind of shuts that down and says, well, his tone was still mean. So there. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, Jane's Darcy is my favorite Darcy. Yeah. She just puts on the hat and she kind of like stiffens her neck and her yeah. jaw in this way. And she's like, oh, hi, it's so good to see you. She you has know? the same classic Jane line. It's her Jane catchphrase in yeah. the Darcy voice and it's delectable. Lizzie is building up to this huge drama, this huge moment that happened that night that caused her to immediately want to record this video. Two in the morning. Two in the morning, yeah. When their parents got, you know, for two people who have such big money troubles, they're blowing money on a hotel and dinner (laughs) by the coast just to get, like, whatever. It's, like, not a birthday or an anniversary. Mr. Bennett, I'm sure, was just done with hearing about (laughs) Mrs. Bennett's uh, sadness about about the rejected proposal. He's sick of the drama. Yeah, he's very over it. And Lizzie's just getting started. She's like, ooh, there was a staring contest (laughs) well yeah i think lizzie and mrs bennett are more alike than lizzie would like to admit or even like see because they both are they want to know the gossip they want to know what's the backstory what's the hot gossip what is everybody talking about yeah so the big moment that happens at the bar at carter's is they're at a table they're all talking wickham is there he's getting them drinks getting them drinks Oh, well, Darcy's at the table, right? And he tries to chat up Lizzie via Tolstoy. Right. (laughs) Which is not how one typically chats up a woman (laughs) at a bar. Sure. Wickham joins them. They look at each other. Darcy walks away. Darcy's lip starts to quiver. I freaking loved Ashley's impression of Darcy with, like, the quivering lip, like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, I'm sorry, I have to go. And then just departs abruptly. Even though it's kind of like a non-story, Lizzie sees there's history there. There's got to be more drama than they ever realized. There's something between something that happened between Darcy and Wickham that has caused such hatred in Darcy that he just doesn't even want to be at the same table as Wickham. He can't even stand it. And because Lizzie has already villainized Darcy... And sees George as the golden boy, Mm -hmm. she assumes that Darcy is in the wrong and says, just one more reason that proves that George Wickham is an excellent judge of character. Yeah, she's still, I mean, obviously she doesn't know any any different. So she's like, George is right. Darcy's awful. I've chosen well. (laughs) She's like that night at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when they're choosing the, the... the Holy Grail. When he, How when, did I not remember when they're talking about the Holy Grail and he's like, you have chosen, like the Nazi drinks it and then he dies and like in dust and he's like, he has chosen poorly. And then Indy chooses like the humblest looking cup and drinks out of it. And he's like, you have chosen wisely. <laughs> like, that's what I think of whenever you're like making these big decisions. Yeah. So George is this big shiny cup. That looks like it's going to make you live forever if you drink out of water out of it every single day. But he's not. And then Darcy is this ugly little sort of tarnished cup. But fill it with water and drink it every day and you live for You're immortal. So she just doesn't know that yet. She doesn't know that she's chosen poorly. It's kind of thrown in there, but we do also hear about Bing. We've kind of just gotten snippets now of Jane and Bing's relationship. It's sort of just shown up as one line here and there. Previously, we heard that they're carpooling together. Well, like, 
being this really <laughs> Jane chauffeur yeah. to to and from work. And in this episode, he was supposed to be there, but he had to fly out for an interview and he got- Who's still in sent, med school and has an interview. <laughs> like he's flying out for all these interviews. He just sent an apology text to Jane and they haven't been seeing each other lately. And I think that the staring contest isn't the only non story that happened at that bar they like made a point of saying like jane you attracted some suitors and you were chatting with them especially tonight as you were drawing the eyes of several charming young gentlemen yes but my eyes are only for one i'm sure he knows that and bing wasn't there for that and she's of course jane she's like i was being nice like she's nice to freaking everybody and this is gonna come up later too in a big way because she's at a bar she her boyfriend or whatever isn't there isn't there these attractive men i'm sure came up to her and started chatting with her and she's of course being jane she's polite she's nice she's at least gonna talk to them and send them on their way mm-hmm. <laughs> but darcy's there caroline's there and they see this happening they see it differently so even though jane in in even lizzie knowing her sister they see it jane's just being nice yeah. They she, may not see it that way. Jane is one of those, is trying not to be one of those girls where a guy's like, hey, do you know where that, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, hey, what's that, I have a boyfriend. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's something that maybe later could be used as an argument. Why didn't she say that? Why didn't she just say, hi, no, like I'm here with friends, goodbye. She she always wants to be the more polite one. She doesn't want to cause any confrontation, any trouble, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So she wants everyone to feel like they're being heard. Yeah, even yeah. like skeevy guys who hit on you at bars. Like no, no one wants to talk to you at a bar, Jane. Yeah, they want to hit on you and your pretty little milkmaid braids. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those subtle things that is going to come up later, which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not great. I mean, but it's, it's, it's great it's the way clever. it's written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's clever the way it's written in so that later we're going to be like, oh, that's right. That happened. Dun, dun, dun. We didn't actually hear much about Wickham, even though we just heard about him getting drinks. He's great. He sat at the table. Oh, no, drama. But we don't really have any news about how Lizzie is no. liking him or like what's the status of their maybe relationship. Well, I think she sort of, I mean, because... She was wearing the same clothes as in the last episode because she yeah. basically like came home, turned on the camera, and she's like, "You're never gonna believe what happened." But um, she cons- she says that kids in middle school called her Lizzie the Spy, which I don't think is true. I think she read Harriet the Spy like the rest of us and just started carrying around a notebook like the rest of us had to. I mean, like we don't all have neighbors who have dumb waiters that we can wait in and overhear conversations. I think we know that her feelings for Wickham are strong for two reasons. One, she wants to know what the story is there. Like, oh, she, yeah. she's not an idiot. She sees that they hate each other and she's like, oh, these two, why and why? And when I asked George about it, he said they had a history. What kind of history? He wouldn't say. Okay. And also, I would say a good 50% of the comments on that video had to do with the thumbnail for the next episode, which is Wickham's butt. <laughs> We know there's going to be a boy in the next video. Very excited to meet someone new. And everyone's like... I feel like, like we've been talking about this for so uh, long. Yeah, like... And it's finally about to be here. Uh, it's, it's, no, we're talking about it and it's still not here. I know. Like, we still have to wait a whole other week before talking about Wes Adderholt. Like, we finally get to talk about his face. Like, I know we've talked <laughs> about his face before on this podcast, but we... 
will actually see it in the video and we can read every, it'll be fun to read everyone else's commentary on holy crap like where did you find him <laughs> i love watching the um bloopers from the lizzie bennett diaries and there's like a whole there's like a scene where it's like a comment a conversation between brianna kuoko mary and oh, right. uh, and yeah. ashley clements and they're like he's ridiculous like does he know how handsome he like does he knows about that right like he's not just like oh i'm a normal guy <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna like go out now no he's like instagram hot but he's real <laughs> we should have him on the show <laughs> Wes Adderhold, come on down! Just kidding. Would not keep him waiting that long, silently. (laughs) I'd want to film that episode like, yeah, we really met him. (laughs) This was real. At the end of interviews, we've been trying to remember to take pictures with the people we're interviewing. Oh, God. We failed with Julia. We failed with Margaret Dunlap. We even, we failed with Hank, technically. Yes. (laughs) That was a funny story. I know. We were like, oh, my gosh, Hank Green, thanks so much. Bye! And then you clicked, like, hang up, and I was like, Jillian, no! And then, luckily, he, like, messaged us and said, like, I'll get you the audio in a second. And I was like, Hank, can we get a picture, like, a screenshot picture with you, please? And he was nice. He was like, he started eating at the end of it. (laughs) He was like, yeah, sure, let me just finish chewing. And so, for, like, two seconds, we called him back, and we're like, jeez! And that's, like, our big picture with him. And and then Brendan, and then, like, with Julia, we forgot, because we were, it was our, she was our first guest and we yeah. were like oh my gosh Jesus show is here oh my god and then and with margaret i forget we closed with julia show we closed the door and i'm like oh my gosh that's crazy and then like a few seconds past we're like the picture yeah. like, we can't just yell out at her like julia come back and with margaret she was so nice and like stayed for a few minutes after just chatting with us yeah. so it felt less like an interview and it was very casual and you don't just casually be well, like well no we forgot we also. oh no we totally forgot we, we weren't like, just close like, the door and we're like no. the picture <laughs> So we're going to be, for all future guests, Especially, I feel like we should just put this out here now. Like, your future guests, we're going to get pictures. Maybe we should print them. <laughs> put them on our wall. We should start a oh, wall. Yeah. Like Applebee's. <laughs> you know how they have pictures? That's us. That's us. Or like, probably a bigger deal would be like Carnegie Deli, which is like a very, oh, it's closed now. But it's a very- This is like our wall of fame of like, I know. who's come to this apartment to I do know. an interview? Everyone. So far, just Brendan Bradley and a screenshot of Hank Green. Yep. We've only remembered to take a selfie with one other person. I know. We're so horrible. We will definitely not forget. Nope. Or hopefully not forget for- Don't say hopefully. We're going to- Now I feel like we've had this conversation. It's been on the podcast. <laughs> I would kind of like other people to hold us to it now. Like our future guests need to be like, excuse me, I like got my hair done for this. Where's the picture? (laughs) For this audio podcast, I got my hair done specifically for the picture at the end. Yes, because it's a very important picture. Basically, we're saying that we can't forget to take a picture with Wes Adderall. Yes, basically we need to because it will be going up on all social media ever. We should probably like feel comfortable photoshopping each other out of the photos. (laughs) We will leave, like, space between, like, us. It'll be Gap, Wes, us, like, and then... And, like, and then we can each just, be, like, like it. yeah, he's just this guy that I know. Being very <laughs> coy about it, even though he's literally just a guy that we know. <laughs> if you thought we were giggly for Brendan Bradley's interview, uh-huh. get ready. Yes. We, we haven't reached out to Wes yet, but we will. We will. Yeah. Call to action if Wes Adderhold listens to this. Which no one he does. Doesn't. No one. And that's that's 
why I feel so comfortable. You know, I'm going to be, it's kind of like Lizzie's videos when she gets devastated and she's yeah. like, what? You've been, but I've been talking about you and you've been what? Like he's been listening secretly this whole time and he's going to be like, yeah, I listened to all your episodes. And I'm going to, I'm going to be mortified. Like, would, no, 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 no. I would test that theory. I'd be like, huh. So what have you heard? And then he'd be like, oh no, I haven't actually listened. So he could be bluffing. You that's never know. We're, or he we're, could just be like, you talk about how hot I am all the time. And we're, and we're like, like, no! That's a safe thing to assume of anyone. <laughs> so. Like, that's literally how every single person talks about me, you know? Yeah. Like, no one's ever like, what a great guy, you know? He's like, that's such a hot guy. He's, I'm, I'm sure he's also a great guy. Oh yeah, I didn't Let's mean to not. say that. Anyway. Uh, was there Wes Adderhold, in summary is a very handsome man with a very cute dog. And I was worried where you were going with great that. great <laughs> sense of fashion. And I think he's also a very nice person based on interviews I've seen. And also oh. technically, technically I have met him oh, at VidCon when everyone was signing everything. Oh, I've got okay. his, his his signature in my little Lizzie Bennett notebook. Oh, fun. And uh, he was, I mean, he, like when you're sitting on a, it's your job to be nice to everyone, you know? Sure, and you've got but... two seconds to be like, I love you. <laughs> uh, I don't think I said that, but I should have. And um, I was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't even remember, but he was just, you know, nice. I think I've told the story before, but I had... I saw Lizzie Bennett people hanging out in the Hilton lobby and they were all at a table together. And so like I approached like Ashley, said hi to her and that sort of stuff. And like from a distance, just like looked at the guys from Lizzie Bennett. I was like, I can't approach them because I don't know what to say. <laughs> They're all so attractive. And then they're like, hi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> just wanted to say hi. That's all. That's I don't want anything else from you. <laughs> <laughs> Men. I just feel like it feels more natural to compliment other women. Yeah. Like, kind of like how girls can get away with being like, you look so cute today. Yeah. Like, unless you're like a friend or a boyfriend, if you're a guy, you like can't get away with saying that. Like, I yeah. can't just be like, you're great. You know, like I mean it, but it just feels, because w- I'm just like an awkward turtle. Yeah. You and I are, like, we're a good duo. Yeah. But we're just so horrible in public. If you ever see us. We apologize. We apologize. We kind of like, okay, let's stand in the corner right here. This is a good corner. (laughs) This is a nice, safe, cushy corner. It's a little dark. It's it's kind of dark. No one can see us. Uh, We're holding these drinks. And let's just look for people we recognize. Build up our confidence. Okay, we're going now. And then I push you. <laughs> and then and then I sort of sling you in front of me like a yeah. human shield. Like, hi, we're Jillian and Yolanda. We've got a podcast and we really love you. And everyone's nice, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost embarrassing that we're, we approach people with trepidation because everyone is so yeah, nice. Yeah, I think anyone would be flattered if you go up to them and you're like, I really loved that web series you were in. I love your projects. And they're like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. But we built it up in our minds. that like, we are not worthy to yeah. talk to you. Not so. worthy. Thou won't cast. No, but uh, saying like if anyone were like, oh my God, I love your podcast. I'd be like, shut up. I love you. Tell me everything about you. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I know. So you got to think about how the door swings. Yeah. Jumping to the comment section, we'll reread original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired. Comments for episode 43. That damn starship says, did we just become British? Haha, <laughs> nice joke. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Scuba 3000 says, yeah, kind of blob shaped, sometimes with raisins. The first time I saw one, I thought they looked like rock cakes Hagrid made. I think it was referring to the scones once uh, again. Okay, okay. Lade Fair says, 
Though I am a staunch advocate of not needing to see Darcy until, spoiler alert, Lizzie visits Charlotte or travels with the gardeners, I do think we should see Wickham at some point before whatever happens between him and Lydia. In an adaptation where even Caroline is turned into someone we like, we should be practically swooning over Wickham. The Charlotte vacuum offers the opportunity for Lizzie to confide in another person. Even in the book, Wickham buddies up to the whole Bennett fam. Very astute comment. We are already swooning over Wickham. <laughs> Diarita says, I want to see Lydia's list. Referring to the list of reasons why Lizzie is perpetually single. Yeah, we should start keeping track of that. Which again, I keep forgetting to keep a record of that list. I'll do that next. Yeah. Uh, for episode 44, Maria Dance says, Wickham's booty? Referring to the thumbnail. Right. People were very excited. I think whenever a boy appears in the thumbnail, people get more excited about that than the actual episode. And they're like, so, Darcy? Darcy? Yeah. This is that case. Eva Bell Garden says, ooh, who's that then? It could be Bing, but I don't see why he would be facing away from Lizzie. So is it Darcy or Wickham? There's a lot of speculative comments because that was the majority of what people were <laughs> yeah. posting. Zamira Rahim says, loved the Jane being friendly foreshadowing and love that Jane lets the viewers see another side to Darcy. We might not get to see his POV, but we can infer it. So clever. I do hope that eventually when Darcy watches these videos, he's like, oh no, Jane was on my side the whole time. Yeah. She was sticking up for me when I was being nice to Lizzie. When, uh, when Darcy was trying to sway his friend away from Jane, Jane was sticking up for him. Yeah. When she didn't need to. Super so. important. <laughs> yeah. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And real quick, we want to highlight the fact that we have some new iTunes reviews. So thank you to those people who have been leaving us wonderful five-star reviews. We feel so undeserving, but we are so grateful for that. We are so humbled that you guys like us. You really like us. <laughs> yeah, and we like you too. Shout out to AQT Benz, your favorite fangirl, and Sarah underscore M. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.